All right, Larry, I see you're dressed again. You're still in election mode. Well, no, uh, Scott, I'm an American. And I thought that if I keep wearing this tie, it would just show, especially for me and you, how we support America. Well, if we go to lunch Friday and you're wearing that, I'll say the Pledge of Allegiance to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Larry, we've got to do something about college football, I think. I think with the playoffs. We had Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC a couple of weeks ago were the top four for the playoffs. All four of them had to play in a conference championship game, which meant all four of them were going to have a tough game. While Ohio State, who was embarrassed the week before by Michigan, is sitting at home, resting, recuperating, and hoping somebody would lose because the way we our system works, if you lose a game at the end of the year, you get moved out and they get moved in. Um, so USC and TCU both lose. So a real dilemma, are you going to put – uh, Alabama, the two-loss team in there ahead of TCU. Fortunately, TCU just, you know, lost by a field goal or so in overtime. And uh, uh, they they were allowed to stay in. But USC got bumped. Do you think it was fair to bump USC out and move them in with a team that couldn't even wasn't even good enough to make their conference title game? Now they get to play for the national title. Well, you know, you, you really researched that very, very well. <laughs> uh, you know, the the college environment now, uh, and, and I'm, I'm saying what I'm about to say to you because I'm watching how effective the NFL is now. And you have so many great athletes at the end of the day. You know, it, it's hard to... When you look at the overall one and loss situation, that's different than knowing what's on each one of those teams. And I think that that now what they're doing is understanding who's on those teams because a lot of the players that come out of those major colleges, they're actually contributing back to those universities as well, and it's drawing credibility for those universities. So, but something's got to be done that's for a, the playoffs, though. I mean, really, huh? I mean, think of it. You know, uh, we're going to have a Super Bowl winner this year. And they have lost more than two games. I mean, you know, basically, I, only Philadelphia has lost one game. Everybody yeah. else has lost two or more. You don't think that speaks to, though, the, the volume of better athletes that we're developing in the high school and the college environment? Well, I think it speaks to we have to do something in college football because if you lose two games in a year, that means you're not a good enough team to play in the uh, for the final four. Well, but you don't have many dominant, you know, teams anymore. That's what I'm saying. I'm thinking that the quality and the volume of athletes now that's available based on how we're developing them in the high school and the college environment, I think that's what that's what the feed is now. Right. I mean, yeah, you can you can get a lot of really great athletes now. In the old days, you would go in and you would pick out who was all American or who was all state or who was all city, you know. Right, right. But 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 now, Scott, you know, everybody is, is really, really pretty effective. Well, but so do you think that Ohio State earned the right to be bumped into the uh, title game, you know, the title playoffs, not yes. being able to even play for the Big Ten title? I, I do. And I do because of, of, you know, of their – see, the schedule is developed by somebody else. Not by the by those individual teams, and I think that that the the competition and the competitiveness 
now is at a level that it's never been before. I need to get your Facebook fans to mm -hmm. react because I think something needs to be done with college football. You're you're loving everything. I want your Facebook fans to let you know that Scott's right. And <laughs> we'll see who they defend, you or me, on that one. All right. <laughs> good one. Another issue that you're going to be really nice about, and I don't want you to be, Deion <laughs> Sanders, three years head coach at the HBCU Jackson State, famous, of course, for Walter Payton. Had to, had to get that, slide that in there. Yeah, so Deion was 27 and five, his record there, including 12 and 0 this season. Dion, Eddie George at Tennessee State, your alma mater, um, they're making a real good impact for the HBCU, you know, uh, as a whole, you know, revitalizing the programs, being able to help recruit better athletes to those schools again. But now Dion's going to leave that $300,000 a year job for $5 million to go to Colorado. Nobody can fault him for that because you've told me 12 million times, if you told me once, we're a capitalistic society and it's all about the money. Nice. So I'm okay with him, you know, with him doing that. But so did he help Jackson State? Did he help the HBCUs for, for further down the road? Or was he just able to showcase his talents and, and do something better for himself? And I'm not putting him down for it. You know, I, I agree. If you can move on, move on. But how do you think that worked out for the HBCU? Honestly, I, I, I think it's worked out very well. And the reason I think it's worked out very well is because it's drawn attention to HBCUs. I mean, you know, I, I, I've been, I graduated from college a long time ago, but we've never had this type of focus. We've never had this type of quality information about HBCUs. And I think that Deion Sanders did an, an absolutely fabulous job and drawing oh, attention. Tremendous, tremendous. Yeah. But I'm saying now that he leaves, is that going to leave a big void? Or are they no. going to be able to pick up and keep going? Well, he drew attention to the entire league. He's not the league. Right. What he's done is drawn attention to the league. And he's right. drawn attention to every player, giving those players to the uh, uh, a better opportunity of being considered in the draft. Right. I right. think the main thing that he did, and, and, and he can never, it'll never be forgotten. I think is drawing attention to the number and the quality of athletes that are in HBCU schools. Yeah, it's just a difficult situation. You hate to see him him leave there. You know, in the old days, Larry, you know, the class before you and your class, every single person went to the NFL except one, you told me. You know, uh, I mean, that's unheard of. I mean, you know, I don't, did people realize that back then? Or, you know, now the, the football powerhouses, two or three guys go to the NFL. Back in your day, the entire class of uh, Tennessee State won the NFL, and some of them went to the Hall of Fame. You know, you draw attention. That's a, that's a great statement you're making because as I look at football games now, you know, at the bottom of the screen, they always show the starting defensive uh, team and the scarting offensive team. Right. And Scott, what I noticed, and, and it was very interesting, the last game I saw, a lot of the guys, there's not, you don't hear HBCUs. No, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. that's where I'm saying where Deion Sanders and Eddie George are so important because they attract the students because who wouldn't want to play with 
Deion Sanders as your coach or play with Eddie George as your coach? I mean, what running back wouldn't want to go to Tennessee State now? You know, if you think in terms like that. Um, so I think I think it was so great that he was there. And I just don't want that to create a void now that he left. Can't fault him. You know, everybody in the right mind would have taken that job in Colorado. You know, uh, um, but who are we going to replace him with? I don't want to take well, a step back is what I'm saying. Well, I, I think the, the one of the main one of the better things about his relationship is was his his career. Right. Dion is a very well known, well, you know, very course. well known guy. Yeah. But but I think that that there there won't be a hesitation. I think that this process of of bringing visibility to HBCUs is only going to grow. I don't think it's going to diminish. Right, right. Because there's a lot, Scott. There's a whole lot of former NFL players that are not as visible and well known as Dion, but are coaching in HBCU uh, uh, schools. Right. Okay. Okay. You follow me? So Dion's. Uh, credibility his his you know how how many people know him well that, that was even it. yeah that was it it, it yeah, brought a lot of it. Mm -hmm. you know but he was also a darn good coach you know the record speaks for itself well it does but now you know i'm gonna say that the tennessee state record is pretty good over the many years anyway so he didn't make tennessee state tennessee state helped him make him <laughs> all right now now i'm gonna shock you I want to talk about Herschel Walker. Oh, wow. Now, 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 I don't, it's a legitimate question, and it's got nothing to do with him, if he should be a senator or any of his issues or policies. We're not going there. But it, did he become a shining star for the NFL? What I mean by that is he was a legitimate candidate for the U.S. Senate. The NFL has never had a former player in the U.S. Senate. The um, uh, uh, Jim Bunning was a senator. He pitched in the major leagues. Bill Bradley, one of our trivia questions, was a senator. He, he uh, was a star on the NBA Knicks. Do you think that the NFL looks and goes, this is something we could use to promote our players through the Players Association? to promote that, you know, the uh, the athletes can go on and do some great things. What are your thoughts on that? Got nothing to do with what you think of his competence or something. I'm just talking in general terms. He was a legitimate candidate coming from the NFL. It could have been somebody else, you know. Do you think that's a shining star for the NFL or helps him in any way? Or am I just rambling? <laughs> well, the last three words, I'm just rambling. Those are very good. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> however, however, um, one of the things that has really uh, interests me in it is the fact that head trauma is a major issue in the National Football League. Uh, Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker was a running back, so obviously you know that he used his head a lot, and a lot of people use his head, their heads on him. I don't see where um, Herschel Walker qualifies to represent people. Not not from, I mean, just from what I've heard him say, what I've heard him, how I've heard him present himself. Yeah, but that's, that's not the issue here, though. I'm talking about the NFL. Is it a feather in their cap that one of their own 
it could have been somebody else, somebody, you know, better qualified, you know, but one of their own has the capability of going on to become a U.S. senator. Is that is that any PR value, anything for the NFL or just really didn't mean anything? I, I don't think it added any value to the NFL. Okay. I don't think he added any value to the NFL. I'm not saying, though, that they're not uh, smart and relevant players that could be in politics. I just don't think that he's reflected this type of, of things that, from an athletic standpoint, I don't think he's reflected what we deserve to be, that he deserves to be in politics. All right. Let's, let's take a break and do trivia time. Let's bring in uh, our producers, Zeke right. and Scott. I got one question. We're going to see if uh, either one of them could get it. They could team up on this one. They're smart. They're pretty smart. Um, <laughs> all right. So who wants to get the first stab at it? I'll go for it. Okay, right. I'm, we're going to give it to Zeke first, and then I'm going to give hints, too. What University of Michigan football player became president of the United States? Now, I got some hints if you don't know it, Zeke. I have a guess. Wait, let's Zeke, let's Zeke, okay. uh, let, let his timer, the music hasn't played yet. Larry hasn't done the DDD yet. <laughs> I think I actually heard this one recently. That's why I think I have the guess. I might oh. be mixing it up though. Wait, wait, wait. Let's see. My my yeah. guess is uh my guess is Eisenhower. That's a very good guess. What's your guess, Scott? Is it Gerald Ford? It's Gerald Ford. That's right. It was not a very good guess. But you know the <laughs> um uh and, and the clue I was gonna give you guys, do you guys know this? He wasn't voted in as president, he was hand picked. Do you know why? See now, Scott, Scott, if you heard about him being president, you should know the rest. I saw a video on him. I I can't remember. He was handpicked. Uh, the reason I say he was handpicked, by the way, he mm -hmm. played football at the University of Michigan, 1932 to 35. I would have told you that earlier, but that would have eliminated all the very early presidents. Um, from your guess, obviously. But uh, he was handpicked because Spiro Agnew was Richard Nixon's vice president who had to resign over some uh, legal issues. And, uh, um, and Nixon picked his vice president, Gerald Ford, who was in Congress for over 20 years or something. And then within a year, Nixon resigned and Ford became president. So he was our handpicked president Never voted in. Kind of interesting. I knew that, just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you knew the rest of the story? I did. Okay, very good. Uh, <laughs> but but the point goes to Scott. So Scott is now in the lead one to nothing from this point. All right, guys. We'll see you guys later. Good, good job. All right, Larry, let's go on. All right, Larry, Tom Brady, 45 years old, no plan of retiring. When we were talking the other day, you said you are not surprised because of the position he plays. You better explain that. Well, uh, you know, he's a quarterback. And, and if you measure the number of, of hits, you know, that a, that a player would take during the course of a game, the quarterback probably takes the least amount of, of hits. 
uh, of any of the players, especially the, the linemen, <laughs> you know, right, right. they're hitting on every play. Right. And so uh, 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 that's why I think that, um, you know, he, he's not had to take the hits. He's, he's seen being 45 years old and still being able to comp uh, compete. He's seen every type of defense you imagine. One thing that really, really attracts me when you play Tom, Tom, is that you're going to change in preparation for the game coming up. Whatever you did the week before or the two weeks before, you're going to change that in some way right. so that you can try to, you know, fool him. But he's seen so many things. He's right, seen right. so many defenses, you know. Well, he also is is the only quarterback in the league, really, that just goes down. He doesn't try to outrun everybody. You I, know, know, I never noticed that. That's a good point. You know, he just sits down and figures, okay, I could throw the ball. If I lose five yards, I could throw the ball 15 next play. Yeah. You know, he, he goes down. Now, he runs occasionally, but he's not out there scrambling around. He's not Lamar Jackson or uh, Justin Fields out there for sure. And, uh, and, and he has found success. The other thing, too, that people don't realize, he's a big guy. He is. You, you know, yeah. he he's he's up there. I saw him recently standing next to Aaron Judge, who's, you know, 19 feet tall. And Brady was looking him eye to eye, basically, you know. And uh, and, and he has a running back in Fournette that's the size of an offensive lineman or tight end. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, Brady, I think, knew how to play that position better than anybody. He knew when it was time to sit down. Because what's another 15 feet to throw the ball if he loses five yards? You know, and I'm being serious, you know, because uh, most quarterbacks try to scramble and they fight for their life to get that yardage back. And uh, it ends badly with three linemen diving on you. And and I think he was very fortunate to have a chance to interact or have the coaching relationship with Bill Belichick. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. A very long relationship. Exactly. All right. The Cowboys are thinking about signing uh, – uh, OBJ, uh, Odell Beckman Jr., yeah. uh, but they said his repaired knee isn't really in the best of shape right now. Is he going to sign with the Cowboys, and will he play this year? I don't think he's going to play this year. I, I think that, um, you know, o Odell Beckham has, has been very effective in his, in his, uh, in his routes, the, the way he runs his routes. And that's very important for him. He's not the fastest guy or the biggest guy, but he's an effective route runner. And if you have a anything below your waist problem, it's going to affect, you know, how good you are. I think he needs to make sure that he's able to return first, make sure his knee is repaired, and then come back. You know, it's funny, too, because we just talk about it like, oh, you know, the Cowboys should take him because he could help get him to the Super Bowl finally. We don't need him long term. We just need him now this type of thing. But to these guys, while he's not signed, there's a lot, there's millions of dollars that he's not putting in his pocket. You, you know what I mean? We don't realize yeah. there's a lot of money involved for these guys. You know, if I don't sign, I ain't making that money. Yeah, you know, I so, realize. <laughs> you know, so, you know, he wants to sign. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback of the 49ers, broke his foot the other day. Yeah. Interesting story. They didn't, they were trying to get rid of him. You know, they finally kept him on the team, and he was the backup. Uh, Trey Lance came in, you know, 
a rookie to play and Trey got hurt like in week two or something for the season and Garoppolo on the verge again of making a good playoff run with this team. Well, now he broke his foot last week, but they say there's a chance he could be back in January now. Will the 49ers make the playoffs? Oh, wow. With him, with him not a quarterback, because they're, they're going to a, a, another real young guy. Well, you know, again, we're in the middle of the season, and you know how I, how injuries. I, feel, I know, yeah, yeah, how I feel that injuries impact, and I think that's going to be the that's going to be the telltale for this team, especially with you having a backup quarterback. We don't know what the injury of his offensive line is, and that's that's one of the keys for a quarterback. Well, even if they're fine, though, you're going to a. a... I don't know where they got, you know, the the rookie that they're going to be playing now. Remember, Garoppolo was the backup, right? So, you know, they're they're. I don't know if their quarterback came off of uh, uh, off their practice squad or where they got the guy, but he's not Jimmy Garoppolo yet, you know that's for sure. Can that defense will that team a couple of victories to to ensure they make the playoffs until uh, Garoppolo could return? And then what do you do next year? You know, you're still going to have the the guy you signed, Trey Lance. You got uh, Garoppolo. I guess it's a good problem to have, but they couldn't get rid of Garoppolo this year. He, you know, somehow he stayed on that team, and he's had a great career with them. Yeah. You know, he's done well in the playoffs. I think he went to a Super Bowl with them. Let him right. to a Super Bowl. You know, beat the Cowboys last year in the playoffs when everybody thought that game would be a route for the Cowboys. Right. I mean, it's just you know, it's interesting. But will the 49ers make the playoffs now? That's the big question. It's, you know, it's going to be a tough haul. You really hit the nail sort of on the right on the, 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 the top because it's according to who's injured during the course of a year in professional football as to what you do, how you do it, and when you do it. Right, right. And, and, and that's the measurement. The, the key measurement is, you know, when you come out of training camp, you've come out of training camp if you were a coach, you come out of training camp and you selected the top 22 guys, 11 on offense, 11 on defense. Right. When, when that number starts to come down, if you can keep that number up. So now what, the way that I'm talking, the trainer becomes the most important person. Yeah, there the you team. go. There you go. The quarterback <laughs> is no longer the most important person. It's that trainer. That's right. <laughs> All right. We're, we're running out of time. So let's go quickly. Uh, three games to highlight the bills at the jets. Who are you picking? I'm picking the bills. The Eagles at the Giants. Uh, who who do you think I'm picking? <laughs> I'm picking the Giants. You're taking the Giants. That's yeah. for your love for your former team. Or is exactly. that because you really believe that they're going to beat the Eagles? Uh, that's for my loyalty to my former team. <laughs> All right. That, that's that's what I – okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. The Bucks <laughs> at the 49ers. Hmm. I'll go with the Bucks. All right, we'll see. Now, I really want your Facebook fans to start letting you know that they're agreeing with me more than you from now on. <laughs> I, re I really want them to get active. And we've got to start that movement to get replay on, on uh, a bad call or a non-call. So I really oh, need yeah. your Facebook crowd to uh, to start helping us out here. All right, we'll Aaron get Judge. Get them all on board. It looks like Aaron Judge is going to sign nine years, $360 million. That's $40 million a year. 
Is that a good move by the Yankees? He's 29 years old. He'll be 30 at the beginning of next season. Are you going to want to be paying him that when he's 36, 37, 38, 39? Is that a good move for the Yankees? I think it's a great move. It was four years. Well, I tell you, if they're going to pay him that much money, they've done a lot of research on him. They've done a lot of backup well, he, He's very good, but, you know, father time catches up to all of us. Well, and it also says how much they're making, too, in the stadiums. <laughs> well, that's right. That's what it, somebody was telling me. He goes, Scott, look at the money that he's going to make the Steinbrenner family. Exactly. You know, from staying there. All right, Larry. You know, that's going to do it for today. Our snippet from the Generations Broadcasting Archives for everybody to enjoy is one of my favorites. It's only 35 seconds long, so you'll get the, to watch it quickly. It's Tom Watkins talking about his the greatest invention in his lifetime. All right, Larry's Facebook friends, all 90 million of them. Um, start letting Larry have it for me. I'd appreciate it. And Larry, I'll see it. Well, I'll see it for lunch on Friday and we'll see you next week on the podcast. Okay, my friend. Thanks for everything. All right. To, to Zeke and Scott, to Larry, I'm Scott. Take care. Take care. Now in your lifetime, we have had so much advancements in technology. Yeah. What, what is it that shocked you the most when it was on the market? The self-starter and an automobile. When I was real young, you started a car by cranking it. And when the self-starter came along, that was big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and a heater in a car, that was big. Because yeah. all of those things were, were invented and applied in my knowledge.